All right, thanks for making Locked On Nets your first listen of the day. We got game one in the books. Hit us with the beats, buddy. Oh, it was a dreamlike scenario. The banner was being raised up to the rafters. The rings were being handed. Oh, Locked <laughs> On Bucks. Kane Pittman's going to be the guy you want to check in after this one. First game of the season. Not exactly the sample size we were looking for as the superstars do what we expect them to do, but there's certainly some things that the Nets may want to work on as they fall in the first game of 82. You made me laugh at that one, buddy. I needed that one. After this first game, needed to get a little chuckle in. <laughs> we go through what happened with this game. We'll talk Kevin Durant. We'll talk James Harden. We'll talk about what happened with the Nets. Got a big old show planned for you after the first game of the year. Going to get to it all, but first... Theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am at Adam Marbrecht on Twitter. He is at Doug Norrie, also on Twitter. And we are a little bit depressed after the Brooklyn Nets come up uh, short. We're going to get into it, Doug, but not quite the opening night performance you wanted from uh, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets in totality as they fall on ring ceremony night in Milwaukee. I'm not going to get too upset. Basketball's back. It felt good to have basketball back in my life where I'm just kind of like arguing with my family to be quiet because I'm watching the game. It's like always a fun thing. Like, <laughs> my, you know, my daughter showing me a dance move and me saying, I don't have time to watch that right now. I'm watching basketball. You know, the, it's like a kind of a time honored tradition around this time of year. Not, not the way As we want to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like father of the year. Stuff. No, so quickly, though, I will say I got a haircut for this. Got myself all cleaned up for the start of the season. Really thought that the Brooklyn Nets would have honored that. that that's, that's something that I'm definitely looking back on. No, nah, they didn't. Um, it was a rough one to start for sure. Glad to have basketball back back here. Glad to, you know, prime time, all the stuff around it, getting to see the, the guys take the court in a real meaningful game. Uh, after that, it was kind of where it was all downhill from there, <laughs> from, from, the, from the tip. <laughs> it was fun? a really rough one to start. Yeah, we have plenty to talk about over the next couple of days. I, I think we'll spend um, – We'll spend today talking about, um, you know, some of the stuff that happened in this one on sort of on a high level. We'll get into rotations and starting lineup and all that stuff uh, probably tomorrow. There's plenty to dissect from this game, but you really have to start. So you start with, okay, so as in all, all things basketball, basketball is a superstar league. You have to start with Kevin Durant and James Harden here. And, you know, when you look at this box score at the end of the game, if you did not watch this game, you would look at this box score for these two players and say, hey... That's a nice turnout, right? Like this is a nice, like we, there was something pretty good was happening here. Durant drops 32 and 11. I'm pretty efficient shooting all things considered. Uh, Harden drops 28 and eight. So you think, okay, you know, just short of a triple double. And you look at those numbers and say, oh, nice little start for these guys in, you know, in regular season form already. And then you compare that to the 23-point loss in a game that they were never close in, really. And, yeah. and it really does screw with you a little bit. And it's kind of why you have to watch the game to sort of know why these things happen. But it's one of those things like, yeah, we look at the end of the game and these are, are the two best players who are two of the top, you know, what's five, seven best players in the whole league had great games and the Nets got totally smoked. 
And you think about it too, just on the back end of it, when call it garbage time, whatever, but, but Harden and Durant stayed out there well into the fourth quarter, late into the fourth quarter and, and put in a few extra points as well. Not that it diminishes what their score lines end up looking like, but to your point, you know, game flow matters when these buckets go down matter and kind of the fashion in which they get there matters as well. Now, from a Durant standpoint, I thought, you know, a couple odd bounces of the ball here or there, shots that he'd like to see go down, gotten around the basket a few times. But he, as we've always said, is somewhat methodical. I think uh, Stan Van Gundy said it on the broadcast, right? Just kind of quietly putting together a night, as he does. We saw this last year a lot from him. On the James Harden side of it, though, he, I think, does have these ebbs and flows to his game, and there are certain reasons why he maybe had some lulls tonight, but when he starts to lean into the step-back rhythm from the perimeter, things that we talked about in the preview episode that we did the other day of you want to see him attacking a little bit more, you want to see a consistency, you want to see a rhythm, I thought that his game lacked some of that consistency. It may not be entirely because of him, but by the end of the night, his stat line, I think, is the more misleading of the two, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So you get this game that's um that's just is a little bit funky, all things considered, right? Like it was they were pretty much down from the jump. It was looking and we'll talk a little bit about why that ends up being the case. But I think in the end, when you, it's one of those games where you, when you watch the, when you look, like I said, when you look at the box score compared to actually watching the game through with a you know clear set of eyes, you can sort of see the disconnect of why these two things don't look the same, why this yep. thing on paper looks different than a game that it was not close. I, like I know they pulled into within seven a couple times or something like that. Um, you know there was one time seven at the break, like they, back yeah, to thirteen like, right. midway through the third quarter, like very and quickly. Really back never, to that. never felt, never felt like the. It really never felt like the Bucks' lead was all that much in jeopardy, no. right? I mean, on the flip side of the court, if you want to talk about superstars, they got completely dominated by Giannis. We, we'll talk about that also. But, like, so if you combine these three superstar pieces together, it's like you get the box score type games that you probably want out of Kevin Durant and James Harden. You On the flip side, you get the box score type game that the Bucks want from Giannis, except when you look at this kind of how they they – these two things converge Giannis's game was was like completely mistake free right (laughs) and and the Nets and 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 has other pieces role players around them that are doing pretty well but uh on the on the the net side on the superstar level it just didn't really ever connect so we can talk about later why why we don't really need to worry about those things but it is a good lesson in NBA sort of just onboarding to say hey the box score you got what you wanted. If you put these things down on paper before the game, you thought this is a close game, but it really ends up not being. And it's just, it's sort of a shame because we're it, you could look at this and say, hey, we wasted one here, right? We wasted good games from these right. two guys. And that, you know, look, one of these things counts. This is it's game one of 82. This These games mattered when it was the end of the end of the season, especially against a team that really, it's, it is going to really matter against. So you kind of get what you want, but at the same time, you really didn't in this one. Yeah, no, you said that right, too, right? Like, not only that piece we mentioned, the important games. I mean, these are big matchups, and I'm sure if you're Kevin Durant, if you're James Harden, you wanted to make a little bit of a statement against the Bucks, you know, on a championship ring night for them, and you lost them in the second round. We all, we all know that. But you mentioned about the flip side of it, that that was a championship, very familiar-type roster coming back out of the court and knowing what it was going to look like to have success. I mean, you know, the footnote that Holiday went out with a bit of a high ankle or back heel injury for him, so he leaves this game, and you, you still find yourself getting dominated in that regard, but it's not wasting performances of Kevin Durant and James Harden in this one. It was just 
process <laughs> or, or a, a product of the process, right? The, the Bucks were doing everything that they wanted. Giannis was leading that as we would anticipate, but there was not the ability for the Nets and the theme that we had last year sometimes to change the game script, to force the Bucks to adjust to them. For the entirety of this game, the Nets were playing on their heels, playing to what the Bucks wanted to do and trying to counteract or overcome that. Superstars like Harden and KD are, are going to get their numbers. But when you're missing one of your other superstar players, you see how there needs to be a different level of balance and a different level of coaching and adjustment, I would say, on a possession-to-possession, quarter-to-quarter kind of basis. Yeah, and I think what we saw from tonight, too, with the Nets is that the, the superstars, at least for the whole season, are going to be really important, and they're not going to be able to carry them the entire time. I, like, this is going to need to be more of a team effort than um, – and I think they, they, have a, they have a roster built for that. It, just, mm-hmm. it did not work tonight <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. The, the, the other pieces, short of like one guy, just were not – it was just not working around them. But it's a good lesson, again, in saying that it's a superstar-driven league, but you do need the other pieces to kind of come through here on both ends of the court. And that just at, at no point did that happen for the Nets. At, at no point did anything else, anyone except for, like again, Patty Mills, like probably, but like, um, step, like step up, not to bury that because we're going to talk about him a little bit. But other things need to happen here for the Nets for them to be a fully realized team. And it, and we, we got a very glaring example of that tonight where it was like, right, there are, one, you miss Kyrie for sure. Two, um, it's just not good enough to have these two guys be good. We and and and, and if you look at the two teams, you see the difference. It's like they the Bucks had their superstar be great, and all the other guys were great. Yes, <laughs> right? right. And the Nets had their two superstars who were pretty good, and everyone else was pretty bad. Right, and that's and that's how you end up with a game where they lose by what twenty three or something like that. And, and oddly enough, when you look at it too, and you say Kevin Durant that performance, like there is this reminiscence. Again, this isn't an overreaction piece, but you think back to the playoff series where Kevin Durant is giving you all that he has, right, toe on the line, all that stuff, but he is trying to drag the team across the finish line. That wasn't the vibe in this game. It's game. It's game number one. But it's that sense of remember. Like, to your point. It's not just you don't just stand back and watch the superstars do the work for you. You have to be ready to step up on those opportunities. There's there's a myriad of reasons why it didn't work out for the Nets in this particular game. Not going to not going to lean into it and say sky is falling. <laughs> They've done it all no, wrong. No, no. But but it, it it's it's the first indication that this is going to be a process for this this team. It's going to take some time here, and you're not going to know. Maybe, maybe Shy, as we'll get to him, Patty Mills, you're not going to know where some of that support is going to come from across this roster that does have a lot of new pieces. All right, we're going to get into some of the things that specifically went wrong here for the Nets. Uh, we have a, three different things that we're going to take a look at about where the game mostly slipped away from them. We'll get to some of the positives, too, because there's definitely some positives to take away here. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Sweat Block. We've been talking about Sweat Block for a while right now. If you've been dealing with this problem, getting up in front of crowds, maybe you've been thinking about you know what shirt is going to hide sweat better. Maybe going for a quick uniform change because you know the shirt you're going to wear uh, is already just sweated all the way through or it's even pitting out all day. I've been there. I've been in front of people like this. I've gone through the the rigmarole of trying to you know change a shirt or think about what's going to hide sweat best. 
You don't have to worry about this at all with the sweat block wipes. You can stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. Dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They're putting their money where the mouth is. They just know that this stuff is going to work. I know it works. This stuff, sweat block just works. It's not just for your armpits. You throw it on the chest, back, feet, hands, anywhere where you've been sweating a little more than you want to. Uh, if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out sweat block. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Got to use that promo code locked on just like our podcast network or you go over to Amazon and CVS. They have it as well. 20% off sweatblock.com promo code locked on sweatblock.com. So you talked about the piece that we wanted to then get into after, after the superstars and not a wasted performance, just the reality of what they put on paper versus what the result was in this game. Three keys to the loss then beyond looking at the box score and saying, well, Harden and KD did what you wanted them to do. A lot of these, I think, tie back into directly what we talked about in the preview for this game, things we wanted to start to get a sample size on as the as the season got underway. Not the best first sample. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in keys in the questions that we wanted to see ironed out in the first game, and unfortunately, a few of them did not get ironed out. Uh, the game was very still... Very, very, very wrinkly results. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I, all right, so let's start a couple of things. So a thing that was a problem for the Nets last year and continues to be a problem for him now is the offensive rebound, opposing offensive rebounds. They just get yeah. killed on the glass, especially with other teams that have any kind of size or athleticism down the block. They just get killed on the on offensive rebounding. They were one of the worst teams in the league last year in, on opponent's second chance points. Uh, they're already starting off as one of the league's worst in second chance points. One, because no one else has played so far. But two, they allowed <laughs> they allowed the Bucks <laughs> to just do it again. I, yeah. The Bucks completely outshot them because for one reason, they couldn't stop them on the glass. Even when they did things right, even when they had the box out. This happened twice with Claxton, where they even boxed the Giannis out, and Giannis still comes down with the offensive rebound. So one way you can lose a game by 23 points by when you shoot over 50% from three is you do this thing that is still remains a problem for them, which is getting on the glass. And so that's one of the first keys. The loss is just a thing that we've seen happen as a carryover from last year. They, this is a, this was a problem for them last year. It remains a problem. They got size in the off season. It didn't do anything for them tonight. Yeah. 13, five on the offensive glass. And, and, and a few of those came in one possession where it was just, you know, time and time again, missed opportunity near the rim. Giannis gets it on a putback. Middleton comes in on a putback, well, whoever it was. And to your point about even because I very vividly remember on a play where Claxton had properly boxed out, had the perfect position for it, and Giannis just kind of hopped up over top of him, grabbed the ball, came back down, sidestepped him, and then threw it in for a putback. Like it, it, that's one of those things when we talk about. And again, we'll get into rotations here, but the Claxton piece, and then maybe what they added in the off season. Again, going back to that preview episode, we said. You went out, you bring in a guy like Millsap, you get LMA back out of retirement, and of course, returning Blake Griffin. The idea was, and even even throw in Johnson, who got some minutes in this game as well, the idea was here's bodies that we can throw at players, here's more length, here's more muscle, more size, so that we can protect the glass. And at least, listen, again, game one, didn't look any different. Now, you can point to continuity and everybody getting on the same page with one another, and that's totally legitimate. I don't think this is going to be the long-term results, but... This looked eerily familiar to what we saw last season and specifically against teams like Milwaukee that have a player, not everyone's like Giannis, but just guys that can get in and crash the glass. It just didn't seem like fundamentally 
the Nets had a plan in place that they were able of executing successfully. They they yeah. had the plan, but they just were not able to do it at a higher percentage than Milwaukee was. That was a little bit surprising to me, again, in game one. Yeah, for sure. So we see that. Giannis had five offensive rebounds. Again, like he, the superstar, put his game fully together. Uh, the second, the second key to this loss, uh, obviously, was, and this is this goes into the the difference between the box score that we saw for Harden, specifically Harden in this one, um, where we saw for Harden as compared to the actual results, was that the timing was all over the place on offense. The the yeah. timing was a disaster. I, I don't really know another way to say it. It was a clear preseason problem for the for this group. It's a lack of continuity. It's solvable. Uh, so. So we don't need to go totally crazy on this. This is what a full basketball season of playing together solves. You figure out everyone's little movements and you know where they like to be positioned and where they like to get the ball and the timing of things. It's really actually something usually that can only be worked out with time sometimes. So, um, but it was not worked out for game one, and this is where, <laughs> I, I, to me, felt like. I know Harden only ended up with four turnovers. It really felt like more because there was so – oh, actually, yeah, four turnovers. Um, there were so many just misreads on, on Claxton dives um, where the ball just ends up in the wrong place. There was just it, – it was – you know, some of these were ended up being blocks, but they were really kind of turnovers because the ball was put in the wrong place. Like there was – the timing was bad. And, and this is what happens to the cascading effect with Harden. So when Harden is – in fully in his bag, right? Where it's really working, where you're getting that downhill stuff to the rim. Because what that can open up is either it happens at the rim or it opens up corner spacing because the defense has had to collapse to really deal with a significant problem. Today, it was not working at all. Now, Milwaukee's a very good defensive team. It's going to be harder against a team like them. But it wasn't working at all. And so, therefore, that like I would call a beautiful basketball that we're used to getting from the Nets, zipping ball movement, ball moving all over the place, fourth pass, and someone standing wide open, like foul line extended for a three, if you can kind of picture that. That didn't happen a single time in this game. No. <laughs> Like, like, that didn't happen at all. They did not have one good passing sequence that I can remember from this game. And so... Um, By the way, some of those key sequences we talked about in preseason, right? The scripted play, couple, three, four passes. Joe Harris ends up with a drill down three from the top of the arc. Right? Yeah. We, didn't get, we didn't get one of those in this game. Yeah, like, Matt Brooks is great about putting this and about saying that they started off the game, and I'll give him credit because this is... He's one that uh, has dived into this. Like, they'll start these games with these Chicago actions that um, that are meant to sort of... Um, it's a, it's a pin down into a dribble handoff that they've run for Harris at the start of the game. They actually tried to run it to start this one. And it didn't work, right? So, and then it's like kind of all breaks down. And not to say that was uh, the story of the whole game, but they literally ran that play every single time, the first play of the game, every preseason game. They tried to run it in this one, and it didn't work. And it's like, uh-oh, that was like, that was had been their bread and butter to start the game, and, and it didn't work. So I think just, but that's really not, that one specific play isn't the problem. The timing in general, specifically with Harden and these guys, it was not there at all. And... I almost think that they had more turnovers than they actually had here because there was just sort of like scrums with the basketball balls that just kind of end up getting deflected and they end up being like weird plays. And so it just, it was, I don't know another way to put it. It was that the timing was off among these guys, specifically with Harden at point of attack. Yeah, 13 to 8 in the turnovers. And like you say, it, it felt like there were more in there uh, than not. And it's just interesting when we talk about centers. They always benefit from, from James Harden. And this is, you know, Nicholas Claxton. He get, he's in the starting lineup in this one. 
And it just, you, at one point, Harden turned away after Claxton had gotten one in and kind of, as uh, it was said on the broadcast, looked up like, yeah. you know, fi- finally, like you got it. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, is that a frustration with Claxton? Is it a frustration with himself? Just the Not game, himself. like, hey, we're, we're, we're making the plays, we're executing. Because a lot of those, for we'll get into it during the week here, as far as the players around the Stars, a lot of those were, to your point, yeah. A little late on the pass. The, the the rhythm wasn't there, so it bounces off a leg, off a knee, off a shin, right? Like, they weren't quite synced up on those looks. And it's weird, too, how things like that, those type of sequences, especially early in the game for Brooklyn and the way that they're predicated sometimes offensively, when those don't go, when those get broken up, the, the big, uh, the big uh, factor in that, excuse me, is that it goes the other way in a hurry. Right yeah. when those lob passes get broken up, well, Claxton's usually under the basket somewhere. The big is now lost, so now you're five on four. It's going the other way. Milwaukee is quick in transition. Their lights out from the perimeter when they get some of those open looks, and and that's really where you see this swing. Where all this and it started from from tip number one, but all of a sudden you're down fifteen, you're down twenty, and every time in these couple of sequences, not about getting back into the game, but when you cut it close to ten or so, it was one of those opportunities. Didn't have the rhythm. Ball gets loose three the other way, back to 13, back to 15, and it just kind of extended that way. So I think that that was a tie-in theme there. And the other factor, I think, off of Harden, not to pile onto him, is when you look at the fact that the Nets got to the line five more times than Milwaukee did, only knocked down 13 of 23 opportunities, but James Harden only got to the line four times. And I'll go back to what you said in the precursor. When you go into the box score and you see that he had some nice step-back knockdown triples and that's great and the numbers look pretty good, But to me, in the absence of Kyrie Irving, him attacking and getting at the basket and forcing the issue is what starts to open up everything else for this offense, especially when you're staggering him and Kevin Durant. So is four free throw attempts enough for James Harden? Probably not. It it has to be closer to seven or eight a game, right? I mean, if if not more. Oh yeah, it's way too low. It's way too yeah. low. It's a carryover from the preseason too. We actually there we go four. We did four. We said three three keys to the loss. We actually did four. We'll give you, so, we'll give you another one. <laughs> timing turnovers. And, I, and I've got other ones re- I could tell you about, but I'm going to hold on to them. Nah. So yeah, we end up with timing turnovers, offensive rebounds, and uh, lack of free throws, and that's uh, that's going to tell the whole story for a loss. All right, we got a couple positives to take away. Uh, we will also get into tomorrow about more about the rotations, who we actually saw minutes from, and stuff. There's tons of dissect from this game. Don't can't do it all in the first episode here, but uh, we. You know, we'll, we'll dive into how Nash ended up playing and who he didn't play because that ends up being sort of instructive. We got a couple of positives to take from this one. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar did it, folks. They made a protein bar that tastes good. That shouldn't sound like it was a huge Herculean effort, but if you've tried other protein bars in the past, you know that they are usually some kind of cardboardy. It's like some weird kind of filmy kind of stuff that you don't really know what's going on. It's like they tried to figure out how to way to jam the protein in, but they just couldn't figure out the rest of it. Built Bar figured it all out. They started with the flavors. They covered everything in chocolate. Then they just kind of looks like they went to the ice cream aisle, got the flavors there, and then actually put it into something that's really healthy for you. Double chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, coconut, cherry, barcia, the list goes on. Then you want to get into the analytics. We're analytics guys here. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories, 130 to 180. That's a sweet spot. Four to five grams of sugar. Only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All healthy, all tasty. Built Bar did it, folks. If you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On. That's our podcast network. You're going to grab 15% off that order. You got to use promo code Locked On. And you got to go to fifth or got to get 15% off at built.com built bars, promo code locked on built.com. And of course, friends bet online online 
Ag wants you to know that they're back and they're better than ever. We were just over there talking about the Nets getting one point on the road in Milwaukee. I hope you didn't take that bet. But they are there for you and all your basketball needs as the season gets underway with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action throughout this season. You can head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, and even the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right over to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, if I could uh, lead us in here to some of the positives that we wanted to focus on, because, because again, it's game number one. No reason to, it's not all over, just one game. Let me throw it out there for you, Dugster. Patrick Sammy Mills. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that he's sixth man of the year award material after one game, but gosh darn it, the kid looked good. The kid looked good coming off that bench. He had all of the spark and energy that we talked about from the preseason. Like, one thing I know for sure is Patty Mills is going to go 1,000 miles an hour 1,000% of the time. I'm not going to accept anything less than 100% shooting from three from him this season. Now that I've well, seen no. it, now, now that I've Sanders seen him, yeah. Well, I just, I, I don't, I'm just going to be disappointed because now that I've seen him go seven for seven from his, in his first three regular season three pointers for the Nets, I will not stand for a miss. And frankly, it's 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 insane because he had the absolute game of his life coming off the bench here, and the Nets still got killed. Like if you thought, if you if you knew you got these kind of this, what like this goes back to the beginning with the Durant and Harden thing. If you saw that you got those two games scoring from them, and then you got another 21 points off the bench from Mills on simply can't miss shooting, you would have thought the Nets won by 15. Uh, But the fact that this happened and they still got killed is really remarkable. But yeah, Patty Mills ends up playing 29 minutes, looks great. This is exactly what you need to have come off the bench, that spark plug scoring. Um, Again, I'm joking. He's not going to shoot, obviously, 100% from three. He's not even going to shoot seven for 11. But this is the kind of thing that will keep defenses honest over the course of a season. And this is exactly what you were buying on their big off season signing with Patty Mills. Right. So this, um, he came out of the box, just rip raring to go and ready to fire. It's interesting about him too, because him, his game is less about relying, being reliant on those other superstar guys. Right. We saw this, the problems with some of the bigs that they had here was about that timing with Harden was about sort of getting into the flow of the offense and understanding all the little pieces. Patty Mills, his game doesn't need that, right? We, this is why we were so bullish on him going into the season was that he can come in and do a little bit of ball creation, not a ton. That's really not his game. His 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 game is spot up three. He was and he did it in spades tonight. But the this is exactly what the Nets needed. And this, while it was in a losing effort in tonight's game, we see that this is the kind of thing that the Nets are going to have, you know some approximation of this all season long. And this is exactly what you needed. And there's so, and there's going to be games where this happens and the other stuff's working and they do win these games by 20 yeah. because it, because when they don't take their foot off the gas with him coming off the bench, uh, other teams are going to be really in trouble. It just didn't work out tonight. Yeah. And I think when you talk about, you know, Joe Harris being in the starting lineup, he's obviously a three point shooter. No, Patty Mills isn't going to do this from beyond the arc with consistency, but I think this was one of those key things that the Nets wanted to address. How do we make sure that we still have some firepower as we get into our second unit? Obviously, Patty Mills is capable of that. And we kind of, we had our suspicions that how might his offensive game be unlocked when you have guys like Katie and Harden on the court with him? Clearly, 
He's not going to be the first or second or third guy that defenses are worried about. So a veteran player like him can obviously fill up a stat sheet in a hurry. And I, if it's going right in a game as a whole for the team, he can kind of, in the same way that Joe Harris, I think, last year during the regular season, you would say, well, look, you're up by five or six points, and then Joe Harris knocks down two triples, three triples, and all of a sudden you stretch that lead and you really pull away. I think that Patty Mills not solely on the perimeter shooting, but he can be a part of that effort off the bench and push that pace and push that lead a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how he looks and how the games look when the Nets have leads. And that's that. That's phase number two here. How do all these pieces around the superstars look when you're actually playing from from in front of the opposition and putting pressure on them? Something that we didn't see in this game. Maybe the, <laughs> as we'll get out the door, I think, relatively soon. Because The other thing was, we said positives. I, I leave it to you. Like, just give me that that first game. Hit me with another positive beyond the the box scores of Kevin Durant and Harden and six man Patty Mills. Like, what was your other big pot? Did you have another one? And it's not feet to your you know feet to the fire here. But was there something else that you looked and said, oh, that's nice? I mean, not really. I hate to say that. It was really it was tough to come up with the the, the box score stuff. They look bad. I don't really know another way to put it. I'm not okay. I'll put it this way. I'm not worried about it. Like I'm right. not, I didn't go. They don't go 0 and 1, and that means they're going to go 0 and 82, and they're not like I was. We talked to Peter Bukowski before we jumped on here for Locked On today, and he and I both agreed this will not change their championship odds one iota. Right. No. So if you want to look at just long game, high, you know, ten thousand foot view of what the season looks like. Losing game one does not mean really anything, and especially when you lose to the team that just won the championship. Like, right? Like, there's right. The, this is the, it's not like they lost to the Magic in the first in the first game, and you know Jalen Suggs dropped thirty on them or something in right. his first game as a. They played arguably by some people's estimation the best player in basketball. And by the way, Giannis look, Giannis got better. This is he's super scary. The the he was he seems already to be doing up, it. The, the thing that people asked about going back to last year is like, can this kid continue to evolve his game? He showed, started to show it last year, and now it looks like he's like peppering in some little new wrinkles. Like he he gets oh, well, what he can be. Uh, he's okay. So he, we saw this in the preseason. If you watch any preseason basketball with them, that the jump the jump shot was coming quicker, and like there was less hesitation around him getting into the mid range. Yep. You saw the sort of at the free throw line too. They made a comment about how he, he took no time at all with his free throws, and um. If he's able to hit like mid-range shots and you are worried about that, it's kind of game over with him because he's just, he's just that good. So uh, I would say I'm a little bit worried about that he got better because that is definitely not that is definitely not what you wanted to see uh, if you're a Nets fan. But I'm not worried about it. I think a lot. I think a lot of these th- the positive here is that a lot of things that went wrong are correctable. Right. So yeah. it's not like timing is correctable. Right. Boxing out is correctable. Physicality is correctable, mostly, especially with this group. Right. This isn't this isn't hoping and wishing that like Rodian's Kuruks can be a little more physical on the block. Right. This is not this is not what we're talking about here with this team. This is a group of veterans that are feeling their way around how they play with each other. They've not played with each other at all. LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Blake Griffin and Nick Laxon. These guys haven't played with James Johnson, P- Patty Mills. These are all pretty new guy well Blake's not but playing together is a new thing for yep. a lot of these guys that takes time that Bucks team the guys that matter have mostly played with each other already right, right. for the most part not all of them right Grayson Allen's new but Pat Connington played you know Jordan Orr was on this team last year George Hill has played with this group before right so this is and, and then the, their three guys are totally in sync even though Drew got hurt so if you're looking at this from that level I wouldn't I, there's no part of me that's freaking out at all about this at all. No, I got no, like, no, but I will say 
if this kind of stuff is happening 10 games into the season, like we get 10 games into the season and we say three takeaways from the game are offensive rebounding was crap, like the turnovers were bad and they look out of sync. Okay, then I'd probably start to say we're gonna raise the, we're gonna raise some kind of yellow flag and say, hey, there's might be a problem here. But after one game, no. No, everything we said in the offseason. If you liked all the pieces in the offseason, you don't stop liking them after game number one of the NBA season. So that being the case, you still point out the things that that weren't good, areas you want to see them correct, and we'll have a few days to continue to dissect it before they get back on the court on Friday night. But ultimately, it's a 127-104 loss that didn't look so pretty, and that's all right because you still have superstars on your team and you still believe that you're on the right path. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the starting lineup a little bit. We're going to talk about some of these rotations. We'll talk about sort of some of the stuff Nash did here that was a little surprising, I think, um, and like things that we might expect to carry over. Thanks again for making Locked On Nets your first listen of the day. If you're listening to other, if you're following other sports teams in in the area, Locked On Giants, Locked On uh, Jets, all these Locked On Knicks, God forbid, like you, Locked On Rangers, Locked On Islanders. Come on, yeah, exactly. You there's Locked On for every single team you follow, so go follow them as well. Just want to say thanks for. Making Locked On Nets your first listen of the day. And make sure you're going and checking out the YouTube channel. Every episode and more is going up on YouTube. Seeing those numbers really climb. Jump into the comments on YouTube too. Uh, People throwing out stuff, just ideas. It's a good way between that and Twitter to get in touch with us. But make sure you are subscribing to the Locked On Nets YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. And fellas, fellas, fellas. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walter Disney. Oh, one of the all RIP, one of the all time great poets. We will be back Keep again <laughs> tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.